Shalom, brothers and sisters. We have a timely lesson today. It's going to be called the validity of the Bible. Now, I'm perplexed. We, our church is perplexed that people have become inclined to question the authenticity of the Bible. The first accusation I traditionally hear, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, is man wrote the Bible. So how do I know it's true? Man wrote that book. And my response will always be, give me the book that man didn't write. (laughs) Because is there a book that I'm unaware of that a man did not write? See, this is some of those things that they use as a tactic to make you feel as if you are dealing with a myth. So my question to you now is to let's not degrade. Let's not demean the Bible. If the Bible is not the way... What is the way? See, because if you really care, you won't demean and degrade the Bible. You'll just tell us what the way is. Because one thing I've learned is when you're dealing in, especially this world, there's a lot of atheists and people who think it's fashionable to talk down on the Bible. They think that's stylish or it makes them cool. So, you know, today we want to go into the record to give you... Proof, 100% proof, validation, irrefutable and indisputable proof that the Bible is true. Now, what a lot of people don't understand is that the Bible is not a religious book. And that's where they come in. When people are trying to degrade or defame your belief or book, they think you're a Christian. So they're thinking from a religious aspect. We believe the Bible as a, a history book. The history book of the Israelites, but also contained in the book is world history that cannot be denied. So we're going to use this Bible today to discredit the deception of these non-believers and show the insufficiency of their arguments against the Bible. There's there's history that we're going to go into. Typically, when I'm dealing with an atheist or a non-believer and they're saying, uh, you know, The Bible's not true. It's a fallacy. It's old. I take them straight to Daniel because Daniel prophesied kingdoms in their height that would come in its chronological order. Now, this was hundreds of years before these empires ever came around. So that's irrefutable proof that you can get the date of these empires and see that the Bible prophesied it hundreds of years early. And that that can't be argued. See? So that's where you want to take them. You want to take them to it as a history book because there's history in the book that proves that it's true. Because how would Daniel know? So we're going to go into Daniel and a lot of Christian pastors, especially black pastors, they don't. I've never heard a black pastor teach this particular lesson. I usually hear the philosophy, the philosophy of some of the upper class Edomite teachers like in the Bible Belt, Texas, you know, in that area. And they'll completely butcher the scriptures. They'll completely butcher the, these 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 scriptures that we're going to go into. And it's understandable because it's not their book. Right. So we want to thank the Most High for giving us the understanding and being able to bring it out. This is an advanced lesson, brothers and sisters. But this is how you refute that attack or onslaught of a non-believer in the Bible and its legitimacy. We're going to go to second address. Chapter 6.
Now, during ancient times, biblical times, our people wanted to, they questioned the Most High on how long it would be before we got the kingdom back. That is what, you know, the prophets, especially the ones, uh, even some of the sisters, they were worried about the condition of our people and they prayed to the Most High about it the same way we do today. We asked, why, you know, why is our condition such? When will the change come? Okay, we know we're Israel. What, when does the change come? When is the kingdom? So we're going to prove that Daniel received prophecies of four kingdoms that have come and fall, and one is still here today, including America. Now, how could he have known this? We're going to go on to it. Second Ezra chapter 6, verse 54 through 59. 2 Ezra 6 and 54. And after these, Adam also, whom thou madest Lord of all thy creatures, of him come we all, and the people also whom thou hast chosen. All this have I spoken before thee, O Lord, because thou madest the world for our sakes. As for the other people, which also come of Adam, Thou hast said, thou hast said that they are nothing, but be like unto spittle, and has liking the abundance of them unto a drop that hath that fallen from a vessel. Right. So when the world was created, he had us in mind. He had us in mind. Now, when he says spittle, he means spit is like something that have no purpose concerning your outcome or your job in life. So that's what he's saying. The Bible are prophecies concerning Israel. He's not saying that he doesn't care about Gentiles. What he's saying is the Bible is a prophecy. It's not a prophecy of Hamites, of Africans. It's not a prophecy of Ishmaelites or Asians. It's not a prophecy of Edomites. It's a prophecy of the Israelites. So that's what the Most High is saying. Read that last scripture again, brother. Verse 56. As for the other people, which also come of Adam... Thou hast, thou hast said that they are nothing, but be like unto spittle, and hast likened the abundance of them unto a drop that falleth from a vessel. That's like dust falling off of a vessel. That's what, that's what he's saying, because predominantly Gentiles are not going to follow these laws. You may have one or two, but predominantly they're not following these laws. The only people that would predominantly be is us. So that's why the Most High is saying this, because we're not following the law. The world is in the case that it is today. So if he get us right, then the rest of the world will be right. The world is in the condition it is because we are not following the Most High's law. Continue, brother. Verse 57. And now, O Lord, behold, these heathens which have, ever, which have ever been reputed as nothing have begun to be lords over us and to devour us. Right. So he's saying because you didn't follow... Gentiles have become lords over us. They've become our masters, the heathen. Heathen means they don't follow law. That's what it means. It means they do whatever they want. They eat whatever they want. They sleep with whoever they want. They celebrate whatever they want. That makes you a heathen because you have no law. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 57. And now, O Lord, behold, these heathen, which have ever been reputed as nothing, have begun to be lords over us and to devour us. But we, thy people, whom thou hast called thy firstborn, thy only begotten, and thy fervent lover, are given into their hands. Right. We, the Most High's chosen, are given into their hands. It's not just the Edomites. We were in captivity. We're going to go over it. We're not going to give it out too early. We're going to show you the captivities that we went into. Because it wasn't just Edomites. Now, 
back in the day when we were under uh, other nations, we thought about them the same way we think about the Edomites today. Continue, brother. Verse 59. If the world now be made for our sakes, why do we not possess an inheritance with the world? Read that again. If the world now be made for our sakes, why do we not possess an inheritance with the world? How long shall this endure? So he's saying, why must we ask for everything? If we're supposed to inherit the world, why must we go to them for everything? For food, for jobs, right? For anything. Even for the, the right to travel out of the country. We have to go to them for this. He's asking, why is that? Read it again, brother. Verse 59. If the world now be made for our sakes, why do we not possess an inheritance with the world? How long shall this endure? See, so he was inquiring on how long before we gained our rulership back. He's, he's asking some of the same questions we've asked the Most High. Why does it seem like they're smarter than us? Why are they smarter than us? Right? And they aren't smarter than us. They have separated us from certain education because you're only as smart as what you've been exposed to. So they had to limit our exposure. So they're not smarter than us. We're just uneducated because that's how they would rather have it. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 59. If the world now be made for our sakes, why do we not possess an inheritance with the world? How long shall this endure? Right. See? So part of us <clears throat> falling was not having education. And they knew that with us having the education, especially of the Bible, would come a change in our behavior, which would begin the liberation. Now, they only give you enough education to serve. They'll give you enough education to, for you to be on the level of a servant. They don't teach you. You'll never, you, you'll never learn uh, finances. One thing that they'll do is if you can play a sport, run a football, shoot a basketball, they'll give you just enough education, send you to school for you to what? Run a football for their team and make them money. So as long as you can make them some money, they will they'll accept your gift. They know we're gifted. But the one thing they'll never teach you is how to own the football team, how to own the basketball team. You'll never get that. You just run the football. You just shoot the shots. Why is that? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 59. If the world now be made for our sakes, why do we not possess an inheritance with the world? How long shall this endure? Right. See, so he's asking, how long will this endure? We're going to go into the history of the people that must rule, rule us before the kingdom comes. Let's go to Daniel chapter 7. Uh, yes, sir. Verse one. <clears throat> Daniel seven, verse one. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matter. So Daniel had a dream where the Most High was showing him a vision as he slept. And this is what Daniel saw. Now, everything we're about to read was written about. This was about. <clears throat> 555 BC. So this is a half a century before Christ. So how could he know these things? We're going to go into some things that you can actually look up dates for. 
You can go right to your Google and grab any history book and it will prove what the Bible said would happen. Now, if these things are found to be true, then you can never question the legitimacy or the authenticity of the book because how would he have known these things? Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 1, excuse me, verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. Right, those are angels. The four winds of the heaven are angels. Verse 3. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Read that again, brother. Verse 3. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Right. So there will be four different beasts. These beasts are kingdoms or nations. And it says that it's diverse because people are diverse. In church, they'll have you believe that, you know, they don't see color. Everybody's the same. There's nothing special about an Edomite. He's the same as everybody. There's nothing special about an, an Israelite. Everybody's just the same, which we know that's not true because we don't dance the same. We don't talk the same. We don't pray the same. We don't worship the same. So not just with Israelites and Edomites, but all nations are different and it's good. That's a good thing. The Christian church don't want you to see a difference when you should see a difference because the whole Bible is based on nationality. Read that again, brother. Verse three. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. All right, let's go to, let's uh, stop there. Let's hold that place and go to Revelation 17 and 15 to give you the, the, the optic of what he's seeing. Let's go to Revelations. We're going to read 17 verse 15. Excuse me, we're going to read 13. 17 and 13? Uh, chapter 13, excuse me, 1 through 5. Revelations 13, verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns. And upon his heads, the name was of blasphemy. The name of blasphemy. So these particular kingdoms that would rule us would blaspheme the Most High's name and his laws, statutes, and commandments. Continue, brother. Verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, and his seat and great authority. Now remember it said a leopard. A bear, a lion. Remember these things because they're going to come into play with Daniel is speaking of the prophecy. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. The and dragon gave him his power. That means these, these beasts would get their power from Satan. That's what this is saying. Continue, brother. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and his great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. Read that part again. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. See, so they worshipped these kingdoms 
these nations' rulerships would worship Satan. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. See, to speak blasphemy. So these kingdoms would speak blasphemies. It's blasphemy when you make it um, lawful to do something that the Bible says is unlawful. The fact that we're even able to go into the stores and there's pork there to buy. That's blasphemy. Because in Israel, you know, they call it kosher. Or whatever, but if one of us owned a store, there would if if we don't eat it and it's unlawful, we're not selling it. So that's blasphemy. The type of laws that they have, legislation about homosexuals and sodomites being able to uh, conjoin themselves uh, in the sanction of quote unquote marriage, that's blasphemy. So these kingdoms have taught blasphemous laws. They've told us the Most High's name is Jehovah. That's blasphemous. Read that again, brother. Verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Right. Let's go to uh, Revelation 17 and 15. Because we needed you to get a picture of what Daniel is seeing here. Now, this is John who was dealing with the same vision to, to prove to you that the precepts mesh perfectly. 17 and 15, brothers and sisters. Revelation 17, verse 15. And he said unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples and are, multitudes. Are what? Are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. See, so those waters, when it said the beast came out the water, those are people. So out of these people, these nations would come a beast, which is the kingdom. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples, and multitudes, and nations, and tongues. Alright, now let's go back to Daniel chapter 1. Now that we have that, chapter 7, excuse me, 1 through 6. Daniel 7, verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, King of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Right now, remember, this is 555 B.C., half a century before Christ. Continue, brother. Verse 2, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea. They came from where? The sea. Now we just read that the sea are nations and tongues. So these are different nations that these beasts would come out of. Verse 3. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. See, and they were different. They weren't all the same. These were different beasts. Because nationalities are nations of people. Kingdoms are different. They're not the same. Continue, brother. Verse 4, the first was like a lion. Read that again. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings, I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man. Right, that man was Nebuchadnezzar. 
in this this where it speaks of the lion and him standing up on uh, read it again, brother. Excuse me. Verse four. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man. And a man's heart was given to it. That was Nebuchadnezzar. Now you can look at his statue and tell that the Bible, he has a statue. The Bible will show you exactly what's being uh, articulated or described here in the scriptures. Now this is the, this represents the Babylonian empire. That's what this beast is. Babylonian empire, which is 626 to 539 BC. We were under the Babylonians. Remember, the beast is a kingdom. It's a rulership. It's a government. Read that last scripture again, brother. Verse 4. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Verse 5. And behold, another beast. Another beast. So this is a second one. Take a look at your... Diagrams or your photos, and you'll see. Verse 5 And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side. Remember, a bear. Remember, in Revelations, it described these same beasts. Continue, brother. Verse 5 And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. Now it says it raised up on one side. That means it stood on two. It went from four. Remember, it was a lion. It stood up and now it's two. It's like a bear now. Read that one more time, brother. Verse five. And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear. Right. And the bear represents the Persian Medos. These are the Persians. Who are they? Iran. Modern day Iran. This is the other beast that he's seen. Continue, brother. Verse 5. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear. And it raised up itself on one side. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they say they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. Right. Now, when it said the wings, the wings spoke for how swiftly... They went and took down the Babylonians, where it said the wings on that scripture before. Now, it's saying it went from a lion to a bear. So it went from four legs to two. That's what this is saying, because why? You had the Persians and the Medes, two. So now it's on two. So this is this is prophesying empires that would come in reign, in their height, and not only reign, enslave the children of Israel. In this order, now this was... Hundreds of years before it actually transpired. So how could Daniel see these things if the Bible wasn't true? That's where you're trying to, that's the correlation you want to make to a non-believer. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 5. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise. Devour much flesh. Right. Now, it says three ribs. Those three ribs are three kingdoms that they that preceded it, that they had to take down. So, after you had the Babylonians, Lydia, which is modern-day Turkey or Western Asia Minor, 
And then you had, <clears throat> excuse me, then you had Egypt. So they took down all three of these in succession. So the three ribs are three different kingdoms. Now we're talking about 539 to 330 BC. The Babylonians are taken down, Lydia and Egypt. Those are the three ribs. Continue, brother. Verse 6. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. Right, so after the Persians have now taken down the Babylonians, Lydia, and Egypt, those three ribs, now this is what's transpiring. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night I saw in the night visions, and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, strong and exceedingly. Right, so those three those three ribs that Persia had taken down is now paying tribute to Persia, which is the bear. So Jump back up, brother, to jump up two scriptures. Five? Uh, four, actually. Verse four. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second, like a bear, and it raised up itself on one side. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. Right, so now at this point Iran have become a superpower. Now all of the kingdoms that we've gone into have become superpowers. Why? Because Israel was there. So if you notice, people who are fighting over us, even with the stock exchange, because they know wherever Israel is, <coughs> become blessed. Then you had Judah, the Benjamin, Judah, and Levi fighting in these armies. This is how their armies became so great. This is how they were able to obtain and take other kingdoms and other lands, was through predominantly Benjamin, Judah, and Levi's strength. Continue, brother. Verse 6, after this I, I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, <clears throat> which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. Right, that leopard. What is that leopard? Continue, brother. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Right, now this leopard is Alexander the Greek, who came off the mountain in leopard skin. You can actually find the picture of him coming off in leopard skin. This this empire is who? The Greeks, the Grecians. Now we have gone from who? Babylonians to the Persian Medes and now to the Greeks. He's prophesying kingdoms that had not reigned yet. Some of these weren't even established at the time. This is in history. How could Daniel know this if the Bible is is a fallacy and it's not true? See? Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 6. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of, the, of a fowl. Notice that it went from the Persians, right, to the Greeks, which are Edomites. Remember Haman, right? Haman. He linked with the Persians. Remember, our sister Esther, and we love to bring it up around Perim because our sisters have strength. The only problem was in captivity 
They didn't have the instruction on what to do with the strength. But when they have the instruction, they are cold spiritually. They are cold. <clears throat> so we like to bring that up because she is part of the reason why we made it out of the Persian captivity. But we wanted to show you the link right there. Haman was the Edomite. It have gone from the Persians to the Edomites now. Read that one more time. Verse 6. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Let's go to Daniel 8 and 8. To give you the precept for that. We're talking about Alexander the Greek. Daniel 8 verse 8. Therefore, the he-goat waxed very great. That's Alexander the Greek. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken. And for it came up from notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. And out of, out of one of them came forth a little horn. Right. Now, notice it said the leper. When you go into history, Alexander the Greek came off the mountain in leper. That's history. Anybody who knows history knows that. And if you don't know history, that's easily researched. You research that, that'll come up. How did the Bible know that their commander and leader would be wearing leper? See? So, read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south and toward the east. And toward the pleasant land. Right. All right. Let's go to uh, verse 22 and 23, brother. Remember, we're talking about the Greeks, the Grecian Empire, Alexander the Greek, the leper. These are prophecies. Prophecies. Verse 22. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. Now that being broken... Whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation. Right. So now it's saying four kingdoms. So under Alexander the Greek, he had four generals, four generals under Alexander the Greek that you can actually research. And we're going to give you their names because this is prophesying, not just the power sticking with him, but going to four generals that he set up. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it. Four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. Not in his power. Whose power? They were using Satan. They were using the power of Satan. Continue, brother. Verse 23. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. Right. Now, this was speaking on Antiochus Epiphany, which we're not going to go into it right. Go into Going to him right now, but we just wanted to show you that Alexander the Greek would have four generals that would come under, come underneath of him, and we're going to give you those four generals. Let's go to, let's go to First Maccabees. Now the Grecian Empire was about three thirty B.C. This is about three thirty three thirty three B.C. This is the Grecians in their height. Now Daniel was writing. In five, around 555 BC. So this was a couple hundred years. And he was seeing this. There was no such thing as Alexander the Greek when he saw this. 
going to the Apographer brothers and sisters, First Maccabees. And we always tell you, if you want to learn about the Grecian Empire, you go to Maccabees. Because when you go straight to the New Testament, it goes from the Persian, Medo, it goes straight into Rome. And we know that in between Rome's captivity and Iran's captivity was the Greeks, the Grecians. So without the Apographer, you'll skip over our entire uh, captivity. Where you could learn a lot from. So we're always remember Maccabees. Remember, they took back the temple. Remember? For a feast of dedication. The Maccabean brothers. Let's go to uh, 1 Maccabees chapter 1, uh, verse 1. 1 Maccabees 1 and 1. And it happened. After that, Alexander, son of Philippe, the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Chittim. Right, the Macedonian. Why? Because the Agagite, remember? Haman. He went into Macedonia in order to destroy us. So this is how they got there. Can Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. And it happened. After that, Alexander, son of Philip, the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Chittim, had smitten Darius, king of the Persians, and Medes, that he reigned in his steed, the first over Greece. See? So this was the Greeks now ruling over the Persians. Remember, we had the lion, Babylonian Empire. We had the bear. We had uh, the bear was who? It was the Persian Medes. And then after that, we had what? The leper. The leper is the Greeks. Alexander the Greek. It's showing you right here how they took down the Persians and Medes. Continue, brother. Verse 2. And made many wars, and won many strongholds, and slew the kings of the earth, and went through the ends of the earth, and took spoils of many nations, insomuch that the earth was quiet before him, whereupon he was exalted, and his heart was lifted. And he gathered a mighty strong host, and ruled over countries and nations. Now we're talking about Alexander the Greek now. This is Alexander the Greek. Anybody who studies history knows that Nobody knew war like Alexander the Greek. The Romans perfected it, but not until they learned it from Alexander the Greek. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. And he gathered gathered a mighty strong host and ruled over countries and nations and kings who became tributaries unto him. And after these things, he fell sick. Read that again. And after these things, he fell sick. See, so the Most High always gets you back. You may be powerful and strong with all the might and power, but there's some things you just cannot control. Continue, brother. Verse 5. And after these things, he fell sick and perceived that he should die. Wherefore, he called his servants, such as were honorable and had been brought up with him from his youth and parted his kingdom among them. While he was yet alive. Remember, we said four generals would come out of Alexander the Greek. This is him giving that power to these four generals. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 6. Wherefore, he called his servants, such as were honorable, and had been brought up with him from his youth, and parted his kingdom among them, while he was yet alive. See, now remember, that was the fulfillment of Daniel. This is what Daniel saw. He saw that it would go into four. Remember, he said that. See? Continue, brother. Verse 7. So Alexander reigned 12 years. Read that again. So Alexander reigned 12 years and, and then died. Right. So before he died, he set up four generals that would continue in the same ideology. This is everything Daniel saw. 
verse 8. And his servants bear rule everyone in his, pla- read, in his place. Read that again. Verse 8. And his servants bear rule everyone in his place. See, so when he died, they rule. Four of them now. We're going to give you their names. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. And his servants bear rule everyone in his place. And after his death, they all put crowns upon themselves. Read that part again. And after his death, they all put crowns upon themselves. That's dominion. They took dominion. That's what these four generals did. Read that one more time. Verse 9. And after his death, they all put four crowns upon themselves. So did their sons after their many years. And evils were multiplied in the earth. It says evils were multiplied in the earth. Predominantly, the Greeks dealt with sodomy. They were sodomites. Even today, that's part of their natural culture, is to be a sodomite. That's something that the Greeks always pushed. And you can look in their sciences, in their their sculptures, or how they were having men with men, and they had their genitalia out. This was learned from the Greeks. Now, those four generals, we're going to give you their names. You had Cassandra, number one, that took over Macedonia, or Greece. You had Seleucid, that took over Syria. You had Ptolemy, that took over Egypt. And you had Lysimachus, Lysimachus, that took over Asia Minor. Those are the four generals. You can look this up in history. These people existed. You can find books about them all over. And the Bible is talking about it right here. Read two scriptures up, brother. Verse 7. Yes, sir. Verse 7. So Alexander reigned 12 years and then died. And his servants bear rule everyone in his place. And after his death, they all put crowns upon themselves. So did their sons after many years. And evils were multiplied in the earth. Right. Let's go back to Daniel now. This is a breakdown on Daniel 7. Daniel chapter 7, which are the prophecies of the four beasts. Daniel 7, verse 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured, devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with feet, the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. Right. See, now this is the last one. This is Rome, brothers and sisters. Rome. Rome would be, this beast would be even more deadly. Even more pernicious. One second, brothers and sisters. Can I have you read that scripture one more time, brother? Verse 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. A fourth beast. The four beasts of Daniel. Dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. Remember that ten horns. Ten horns. Let's go to Daniel chapter 2, verse 40 through 43. Because why it said this one was diverse. This one was more deadly and pernicious than all the other. Let's see why. This is the Romans. We're dealing and still in this captivity. 
How could it know that in 2000, so-called 18, we will be under these people? We're going to read verse 40 through 43. Daniel chapter 2. Daniel 2, verse 40. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. For as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. Verse 43. Uh, 41. Uh, oh, we are, we're going to read to 43. Oh, thank you. Verse 41. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, and there shall be in it of the strength of the iron. For as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with merry clay, and as the toes of the feet that were part of iron, in the part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with merry clay. Now, this is why this one will be more diverse and more deadly than the others. Check this out. Verse 43. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with merry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Read that again. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. See, so these, this kingdom would deal with the fallen angels. Remember, Esau, the Edomites, linked with the Horites, which are Nephilim seed. So the hierarchy of the Romans, remember, they always said Julius Caesar, what? They had the blood of the gods. They knew. Not all Romans. But the hierarchy were so-called demigods. See? So this, this beast would be more pernicious because they had fallen angel blood. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 43, and whereas thou sawest iron mixed with merry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Right, so this particular beast, the hierarchy would be descendants of fallen angels. That's what this is saying. Let's go back to Daniel 7. These are the four beasts. Now, you may not use this information for just a typical Christian, but when you have somebody who think maybe they're an educator or they have gone to school for philosophy, right? Or they, you know, you have some people out there who think that they have gone to college and now they're smarter than everybody. So this is where you would have to take those intellectuals. This You won't need this on an everyday Christian because an everyday Christian don't even know what day to go to church on. But when you do have that one that really want to test you to make you feel or think or stump you, this is where you have to go. And even if you don't ever use it to defend it, at least you know for a fact that the Bible is true because it prophesied these kingdoms in its chronology and who it would and who would take them down. How would they know who would take down each empire in chronological order? Hundreds of years before any of these places were established. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. Daniel 7, verse 7. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, it devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. It was diverse from all the other beasts before it. Jump to verse 19 and 20. Verse 19. 
Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast. Read that again. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were, as, were of iron. Now it's saying it was diverse from the others, and it was diverse because the other empires that preceded it governed from the, the, the land where they were made a nation. Rome was a little bit different because it traveled outside of its borders and conquered lands, and then they governed from those lands. It's sort of like America will go to Puerto Rico, take it down, and put a base there. So now if there's a base there, you're, you're signaling that this land is protected by you. This is yours. That's what this is saying. They learned that from Rome. Rome would go out to other lands, take them over, and now those lands became Rome. So this one was different. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 19, <clears throat> then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, breaking pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet, and of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. Spoke very great things. So this this particular uh, empire would speak blasphemies of the Most High Name. They would make it legal or freedom of religion. You can have, there's a satanic church in New York City. This beast would speak the most blasphemous things. The things you see on TV. Men should go in women bathrooms. Homosexuals being sensationalized on TV. Taking the Most High's name in vain. This beast would be diverse and worse than all of the others. Why? Because Satan, what he does is he'll look at an empire that he ruled before and how it fell. And he'll take what he did best from there and cultivate it. So the three before America or Rome, which America is a part of Rome, have taken everything from the previous three empires into make one huge ball of pandemonium. Let's go to verse 23, brother. Verse 23. <clears throat> Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth. Read that again. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth. To prove to you that the beast is what? It's a kingdom. See? Because some people, the Christians will tell you that this is an antichrist man or something like that. False. This said that the beast are referred to, excuse me, that kingdoms that ruled over Israel are called beasts in the scriptures. Read it again, brother. Verse 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth. Right. So any people that rule over Israel, any kingdom that rule over our people is considered a beast in scriptures. Continue, brother. Verse 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down, and break it in pieces. Right, see it said it would take down the whole earth. And that's exactly what they did. Who do you think sent the conquistadors to America? That was wrong. That was wrong. They would take over the entire earth. This is the prophecy of the the last the last empire before our reign 
and not only that, but the most powerful and the most deceitful empire of them all, Rome. Let's go to Revelations 13 and 1. Because you cannot deny this history. This is history. I know for a lot of people, you know, it may seem a little bit boring or tiresome. You've never heard it. But you will need this at some point because this is history. This is the proof that it's not a biblical, it's not a, it's not a uh, religious book. It's a historical book. Because I have people who, I think they're trying to make jokes on me. And, you know, when they're trying to explain to people you know, what I believe in. Like one brother said, yeah, he was telling somebody why I don't eat pork. And he was saying, yeah, yeah, you're Jewish, right? And I'm like, just don't explain it. You know what I mean? Well, no, I just wanted to explain why you didn't eat it. How about you don't explain it? (laughs) See, so they're looking for a label for you. They just don't understand. They'll even call you Jewish. You're not even, we're we're not Jewish. I want to put that out there. We don't follow any religions. We just follow the Bible as a history book. But when people are trying to explain you, that's where they'll go. They'll start trying to put a label on you because they don't understand that you don't believe in it as a religious book. Why? Because it's being taught as a religious book. Incorrectly for religious control. These are historical facts that we go by. This is how we follow the Bible. Which scripture did you leave off on, bro? Revelation 13. Okay, yeah. Read read verse 1, brother. Revelation. 13 verse 1 And I stood upon the sand of the sea And saw a beast rise up Out of the sea Having seven heads and ten horns And upon his horns ten crowns And upon his heads the name of blasphemy See he would continue that blasphemy Now we already spoke And said this was Rome Why? Read that one more time brother Verse 1 And I stood up upon the sand of the sea And saw beasts rise up Out of the sea Having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. Right, now we read that the sea is nation. So out of that nation of Rome, a beast would rise out of the sea. A beast. That's a kingdom, that's a rulership, that's a government. And it says what? Ten horns. Who are the ten horns that came out of Rome? Who came out of Rome? We have Luxembourg, we have Denmark, we have Belgium, we have the Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, France, Spain, Great Britain, and Switzerland. Those are the original ten that came from Rome. Now, they've renamed some of those lands now, but they're all the same. They're all the same. These are the ten horns that came from Rome, that Rome conquered. Read that one more time, brother. Revelation 13, verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up, up, up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Now it says seven heads. This is how you prove that this is wrong. Go to Revelation 17 and 9, brother. Because that's seven heads. We want to show you what those seven heads are. Revelation 17, verse 9. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. This is what the mind that hath wisdom knows. This is something you need to know. Read that again. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains. 
in which the woman sitteth. See, seven mountains. Rome is on seven mountains. It's on seven hills. It's the only empire, the only place in the world that's on seven hills. See, that's how you prove that it's Rome. Because some people, you know, they'll question that. A lot of Christians don't even go into Revelations. I can't, I don't remember a Christian ever going into Revelations at Christian church. They, you know, they can't explain it, so they just stay clear totally of it. They stick right in there with uh, the epistles, Paul. All Paul's writings is where they stay. They won't even go into these scriptures. Let us show you, let us show you. It said that the seven heads, that's seven mountains. Do your research, brothers and sisters. Rome sits on seven hills, seven mountains. The only place in the world, in before time or now. That's the proof that it's Rome. Read verse 3 and 4, brother. Verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast. Scarlet. That means the people who rule this government would be predominantly scarlet colored. These would be scarlet colored people. Continue, brother. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast. Full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Now it says she had scarlet color and purple. So what it's saying is royalty and power. This particular beast, these people would have power. They would have royalty. Who are the dukes? Who are the princes? The kings? Who are they? Who is that? The Romans. That's what the scripture is saying. So we've already proved that the seven heads is seven mountains. All you have to do is go onto your whichever search engine you want to use and find out does Rome sit on seven mountains or seven hills? Does anywhere else sit on seven hills or mountains? Because you'll find out that Rome is the only place. This is specific. This would be the last beast. So Israel would need to know this is the last captivity before the kingdom is delivered. Because remember, Edris was asking, how long are we going to be in this condition? So the Most High was showing how many captivities we would have to go through in order to be liberated. Four beasts of Daniel. That's what we're going into. Uh, read, read that last scripture again, brother, please. Verse 4. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. See that golden cup, that chalice. Don't you? You see the Pope, right? See? So that it signifies something because they give you out that spiritual wine that have you drunk. That's what it does. Because why? Rome would say, go make a Baptist church, go make a Pentecostal church, go make a Mormon church. See, all of that would come through Rome. Rome would have the big chalice and they would pour a, a little into each cup and say, take that back to your communities. See, now there's 20 different Christian churches that are teaching not to follow the law. Go to church on Sunday. This is Rome. This is what's in her cup. Let us prove to you what's in that golden chalice. Let's go to Isaiah 29. Because Rome would have a cup. We're going to read Isaiah 29 and 9. Isaiah 29 verse 9. 
Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. Read that again. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. See, so they stagger. They're drunk with that wine out of the whore's cup, the last beast. If you sip, you sip that wine from the whore's cup, then you're saying, I can eat pork. You're saying, I can celebrate Christmas. You're saying, it don't matter what day I go to church. You're saying, it doesn't matter who the Israelites are. Everybody's the same. See, if you believe any of those things, you sip that cup. You sip that cup from Rome. Read it again, brother. Verse 9. Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. See, this is a spiritual drunkenness. So it's like a drunkard staggering out of a tavern or pub or bar. Just staggering here, there, here. So you go from what? To a Buddhist, to a Muslim, to a Christian, to an atheist. See, freedom of religion. You've drunk in the cup. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 9, stay yourselves and wonder, cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with strong wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. Right, so it's a spiritual drunkenness. That wine is religion, philosophy, idolatry. That's what's in that cup. Continue, brother. Verse 10, for the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep. So what the Most High is saying is, if you think that the law is done away with. The Most High is looking at you like you're drunk. You are drunk. You think that the most you think I would put laws in a book, and then you would come behind it, or the church would tell you reasons why you don't have to follow those same laws in that same book that you claim to believe in. Somebody have given you a spiritual roofie. You're drunk. That's what the Most High is saying right now. Read that one more time, brother. Verse ten. <clears throat> For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. Right, so right now, when you drink that wine, you're asleep. You're delusional. You sleep because you're drinking that wine. See? So if you're thinking about any of those things that we've just discussed, about not following laws, what foods, the most I don't care what food you eat, or what day you go to church. Or celebrating these holidays, you have sipped the cup that came from Rome. Because why? Rome taught all of these things. They teach this right out of the church. That came from Rome. Rome had that cup. When you drink that wine, you fall asleep. You're delusional now. Read that last scripture again, brother. Deep sleep. Verse 10. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers. The seers have he covered. See, so don't follow God. Follow your government. Pay your taxes. See, that's in that cup. This is what they're teaching out of their cup. You would not follow the Most High's laws, but then you would leave here and follow the thousand legislation laws as soon as you leave here. See, you're drunk. If there's no law, then what will you be judged on? That's what the Most High is saying. If there's no law, how can I judge you? Continue, brother. Verse 11. And the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Reread this, I pray thee, and say it, I cannot, 
for it is sealed. Right. See, so if you sip that cup, you're reading the you're reading the scriptures drunk. So you're looking at them, but you you're getting no understanding. You don't understand it at all because you sip that cup. That's what he's saying. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 11. And the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to, to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he said, I cannot, for it is sealed. Right, so you can't perceive. You can't understand it. That's what being born again is. You must be reborn. That's a newness of spirit. That's what that is, a newness of understanding. Because you were drunk. And all of us were drunk at some time. A lot of us, all of us predominantly, especially if you dealt with anything out of the Christian church, right? So we must be born again. That's the only way we'll be able to read and understand it. Rome have given us that cup. Let's go back to Revelation 17 and 9, brother. The fourth beast. Revelation 17, verse 9. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. See, that's how you prove right there. The seven mountains. This is Rome. Irregardless of what they want to say in the church. This is Rome. Continue, brother. Verse 10. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen, and one is, the other is not yet come. Read that again. Verse 10. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. Right. See, it's saying one empire, one empire at this time was there, but one was yet to come. You're going to find out that this is America coming from Rome. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. And there are seven kings, five are fallen. And one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. That's the proof that it's America, because this kingdom will be the shortest. A lot of them, those kingdoms ruled for 300 years plus in their height, in their strength. America haven't been ruling the world that long. They just started to go out to Afghanistan and, you know, pack all these other places. So they just began, but they're going to be taken down in a short space. So at this time, Rome existed. It said there was one that was not here yet, which is America, that came out of Rome. Look at the eagle. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 10. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was, and it is not, even he is the eighth. And is of seven, and of, is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. Read that one more time. Verse eleven. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. So it's saying the empire that was, but is not. It was Rome, but it is not. America wasn't here at this time. So it says is not. So you had Rome, which was there, which America came from Rome. Read that one more time, brother, so they can understand this. Verse 11. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of seven 
and goeth into perdition. So it's saying it, it was it was the same empire as Babylon, as Rome, the same beast. But really, it's not because it doesn't exist yet. That's what it's saying. America didn't exist yet, but that's who it's talking about. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. Right. So it's the same empire as Babylon up to Rome. But it says it is not because America didn't was not established. There was no such thing as America at this time. How could how could it say America? A lot of people say America is not in the Bible. Yeah, it is. It's telling you it came from the one that was not that came from Rome, which was Rome was the same as Babylon. Remember that same beast. It transformed into four different beasts, creatures. It was that same spirit of Satan over all of these empires. It was Satan over each one of these empires here, which went to America. And it says it says and goeth into perdition to prove to you that there's a judgment for America. And that judgment on America will be the, the beginning of freedom for the Israelites. That will be the beginning of our freedom. It's when America get their judgment. Now, let's do the recap of the fourth beast. Let's go back to Daniel. I know this is a little bit much. You may have to go back on it and listen to it a few times and take your time to digest it. This is really a, an advanced lesson, but we wanted to give you the defense that you may need if somebody on a scholarly level tried to trip you up and stumble you. Daniel chapter 7, verse 7. This is a recap on the fourth beast. Remember. Daniel 7, verse 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible. That's Rome. Sits on seven mountains. Remember Revelation 17 to prove that this is Rome, the seven mountains. So when you want to prove that it's Rome, go directly to Revelation 7 where it talks about the seven mountains. Continue, brother. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. Those ten horns are tentacles. It was tentacles. It was other countries that joined in order to make them a superpower. So these tentacles would join league with Rome to make it into a superpower. Continue, brother. Verse 8. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. Read that again. I considered the horn, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. Listen to this, another little horn. Before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. Read that again, brother, from the top, please. Verse 8. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. Before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. Right. Now, what's that one that came from the three? America. Right. What three did they come from? French. Right. The Spanish, the conquistadors that took over South America. And Britain that took over North America. See, the little horn that came from the three. The three, those three were of the ten horns, which are of Rome. See, those same three, remember, we went through the ten horns. Those three that America that established America 
came from Rome. So this is still Rome. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. Right, see? So this, there's a little horn. That little horn is America to prove to you that it came from the three. And we went through what the three were, the French, the Spanish, and the, the Britons, Great Britain. From those three, those three came from the ten. Continue, brother. Verse 9. I beheld till the thrones were cast down. Read that again. I beheld till the thrones were cast down. So he continued to stay in this vision until he saw all of these kingdoms taken down. That's what he's saying. He saw all of these kingdoms fall, all four. Continue, brother. Verse 9. I beheld till the thrones till, till the thrones were cast down, and the ancient of the days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. So he saw a silhouette of the Most High. That's what he's seeing right here. Read that again, brother. Verse 9. I beheld till the thrones were cast down. And the ancient of the days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Right. So the mo it says the ancient of days, that's the most high Ahaya. Why does it say that? Because Ahaya was before days. He created days. That's why it's saying the ancient of days. So he saw a silhouette of the most high sitting on a throne of pure fire. This was a vision. Continue, brother. Verse 10. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand, thousand thousands ministered unto him. And ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the book were opened. The books were opened. Continue, brother. Verse 11. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain. And his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away. Read that again. Verse 12. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away. Yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. They were prolonged for a season and time because there would be some of these nations or Gentiles that would serve Christ. That's what this is saying. Continue, brother. Verse 13. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. This is what he's seeing. He's seeing Christ now, the Son of Man, going before the throne of the Most High. This is Daniel. This is a vision. Christ hadn't lived at this time. But he's seeing this in a vision. Read that scripture one more time, and then we'll go to the prophecy where it was fulfilled. Verse 13. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory, and a kingdom, that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. Right, now let's go to Acts 1, because this actually happened, and he visioned it before it happened. Go to Acts 1. This is after the resurrection of Christ, when he went up into the heavens. He saw this as a vision. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. This is what Daniel saw. Acts 1, verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, which they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. So this was Christ ascending up to the Most High after finishing his work on earth. Remember, this happened. Continue, brother. Verse 11, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Right, so they said the same way you saw him go into the heavens, he'll come back. But what we wanted to show you here is that there's two separate powers, the Most High and then Christ. So that's proof that if there's two separate powers, Christ is going to the Ancient of Days, and he's not the Ancient of Days, Christ cannot be God. See, there's two separate powers there, but this is what Daniel was seeing in his vision. He saw the Son of Man going up into the heavenly tabernacle after shedding his blood. So Christ had already had the dominion. He's just waiting on his father to tap him on the shoulder and say, go. That's all he's waiting on. He's just waiting. He already had the dominion when he died. He had that dominion already. He's just waiting on the word from the Most High. Let's go back. Let's go back to Daniel 7, verse 14. This is the four beasts of Daniel 7. Daniel 7 verse 14. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom of that which shall not be destroyed. See, so his kingdom will not be destroyed. We've Daniel have just seen four different kingdoms, four different beasts or empire be destroyed. And then Christ's kingdom comes next, which is our kingdom. Continue, brother. Verse 15. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body. Read that again. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body. And the visions of my head troubled me. Right, so he was disturbed after awakening. Just imagine, you have the worst dream you've ever seen in your life. You see four beasts. This was, his, this was his dream. He was petrified when he woke up. Continue, brother. Verse 16. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him, asked him the truth of all this. Right, so he asked the angel to explain what transpired in his dream. So he told me. And made me know the inter interpretation of these things. These great beasts, which are four, and are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. And we know the precept for those four kings is four kingdoms. The beasts, the four kingdoms, the four beasts. Continue, brother. Verse 18. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom for forever, even forever and ever. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. See, so towards the end, it says the saints will take the kingdom. Why? What does that mean? During every fall of each captivity, during as it was coming to a close, you had uprisings in our people. Like, remember when we read Maccabees and they took back the, um, the temple. See, so right towards the end, before we were liberated, our people started to uprise. See? 
And that's what's going on right now. We starting to get the knowledge back again and get the strength back and we're ready to uprise. And they know when that happens, it's coming close to the end for them because each time we came out of a captivity, it was through our uprising during the Romans. When they, when we took them down before there was uh, two brothers, um, Persinius Niger, and then you had Sibius Severus, who were black generals in the Roman army that helped us take Rome down. They infiltrated and took them down from the inside. And that was 193 AD. That's when this happened. Continue, brother. Verse 19. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, <clears throat> and his nails of brass was devoured, breaking pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. Now, there's one thing. This this last beast, this great empire, will have a mark. See? The mark of the beast. Now, see? It makes sense now, don't it? It's the mark of a nation, the mark of a kingdom, a government. This is not... An antichrist. This has nothing to do with an antichrist, man. The mark of the beast is a mark that comes with this rulership. That's what's going on here. So we're going to talk a little bit about that mark because that comes with this beast. Because remember, it was more diverse. So uh, back, uh, you know, during this time, during the Roman, the height of their rulership, you're talking about uh, maybe 143, 146. The Roman Empire, they understood they could only do so much. Why? They could only do so much because traditionally people had the understanding of how to grow their own foods and, and be sustained outside of government. So there was only so much they could do when it came to instituting the mark. So the Romans were working under Satan back then to what? Put a value on things. So they started putting value on product now. Now they're trying to control the finances. So now they're putting value on products and they're controlling the finances with what? With a coin. See? This was the Romans working under Satan. Working under Satan to put value on things and control finances with a coin. Money. So they would, or money, or some type of institutionalized bartering ticket that the government could control. See, so they had to control money in order for there to be a mark of the beast. And this was a plan from Satan. They knew. So they were working on it back then. Because why? Unless they established money, they couldn't establish the mark of the beast. So they knew that. So they had to establish the money first. They put value and controlled the finances and took it, you know, took the control, took the control of commerce out of the civilians hands. That's what they did. Because why? We were growing our own food. We were sustaining on our own. We can't do that now. We don't know how to grow our own food. We, we, it's probably illegal to grow your own food. We don't know how to kill or hunt or anything. So they established the money first in order to set up the mark. So they took commerce, the fourth beast took commerce out of the civilian hands. So now government would control what money is. They had to do this. Now the government controls what they call money. Look, they may have they have a corporate system of making products that can be purchased with a ticket that you get from the government. This was all a plan through Satan that came with that fourth beast, that money that you have. So now there's products that you can buy, but that ticket you must get from the government. 
which is Satan, that beast. See how that see how that is? They have it a system where everything is marked, right? You go into the store, you just ring it up, boop, 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 boop. Everything is marked already. Only thing that's not marked is us. See? They already have the system set up there. They're just waiting on the last edition. Everything is marked except us. Now this is the mark of the beast. The mark of the fourth beast, which is Rome. We're going to go into their mark. Because the mark, of course, Satan is a, he, he, he's, he's a copier, for better lack of words. He copies everything from the Most High. So the Most High have a, a, a mark also. A spiritual mark. So Satan said, okay, you know what? I need to have a physical mark because he likes to mimic the Most High. He's not authentic. He's not the originator at all. He copies everything he does. The most I have a day, he have a day. The most I have foods he want us to eat, he have foods that he want us to eat. He have mimicked everything that the most I have done. So the most high have a mark. We're going to go to what the mark of, the mark of the elect is. Let's go to Ezekiel, brother. Ezekiel 9. Let's get the mark of the most high first before we get the mark of the beast that comes with that fourth beast. Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 4 through 6. <clears throat> Ezekiel 9, verse 4. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that, that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. See, so there's a mark that the angels will put on the children that... Of the Most High, that follow the Most High, that know that something's not right, and it hurts them to see it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4, And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said in my hearing, Go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. See, so if you don't have this mark, look what will happen. Continue, brother. Verse 6. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. Right. Now, you usually receive the mark after baptism. That's usually when you receive your mark. Let us show you what the mark is. Go to Revelations 14 and 1 to show you what it is. We always want to go into the positive before we go into the negative. This is the mark of the Most High. And then we'll show you the mark of the beast, of the fourth beast. Revelation 14 verse 1. And I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion. And with him a hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their forehead. Having what? Their father's name written in their forehead. That's the mark. That's the mark for the Most High, having his name. That's the mark. See? Go back to Ezekiel 9 and 4. Let's read that again. Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 4. Now that we know that the mark is the name... Ezekiel 9 verse 4 And the Lord said unto him Go through the midst of the city 
through the midst of Jerusalem and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. See the similarity? See how that precept links? That's the mark of the Most High is having his true name. Now, let it show you the other side. of. Let's show you the flip side of that mark. Let's go to Revelations 13 and 9. Got a few more scriptures. We're going to close it out. This is a pretty deep lesson. And you may need to, you know, go back over it a few times to really grasp what it's saying. We're going to read Revelations 13, uh, verse 9. Revelation 13, verse 9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must kill must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Right. Now, one thing that you must know is that when the Romans ruled, they called it what? The Iron Age. Why did they call it the Iron Age? Because of the weaponry. That's why it was called the Iron Age. That's why it was called the Iron Age. Rome is synonymous with the Iron Age. You can look that up in history because they had weapons like iron. Continue, brother. Verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. Actually, read verse 10 one more time, brother. <clears throat> verse 10. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. See, this is the faith of the saints. This is what the saints are waiting on. They're waiting on retribution. Not them doing the retribution, but the Most High getting the retribution. That's what he's saying. That's what the saints are waiting on. Retribution. Continue, brother. Verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns, two horns like a lamb. And he spake as a dragon. See, so this is how the Rome, this is how Rome works. They act, they come to you all cuddly, right? And happy as if they're looking forward to helping you, right? Soft-spoken, right? They come as if they're a lamb. Oh, yeah, we just want to have, you know, program for you to vaccinate your child, you know, because we want them to be healthy. You know, we want to take care, have healthy people in the United States, right? See, this is how they come. And really, right behind it, underneath of that, they're a dragon. Right underneath of that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. <clears throat> and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. And he spake as a dragon. So they come to you and they operate docile when war is in their heart. They do that purposely. They come to you non-threatening. Continue, brother. Verse 12. And he exercises all the power of the, of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the, fire beat, the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Right. See? <clears throat> See? So America had all empires wrapped in one. That's why it's so bad. That's why you had from uh, the two Babylons. Because it's mimicking the same ideologies from Rome. From, I mean, excuse me, not from Rome. From Greek, the Greece, Grecians, the Persians, and from the Babylonians. All wrapped in one. Just look at your holidays. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Right. When was the deadly wound healed? 
when America was established. That deadly wound was healed for America. This is Rome. This is what Rome dreamt to be, America. So what they did was once it says they went, uh, it says that um, their deadly wound was healed when they were taken down by Persinius Niger and Sertibius to Severus, our people. What they did was they went back into the Carzarian, uh, the Carzarian area, which was the mountains, and they reconstructed their plan. They said, listen, we can't come out as Roman empress. We must come out in politics, in religion, because they already know who we are. So they went back into their land, restructured their plan, and then came out as if Rome was dealing with politics, bureaucracy. See? Because before we knew them as empress, and we knew that when they came, murder came behind them. So they reconstructed their plan. So we couldn't identify them as the same Romans that looked to took us down, take us down before. See, so now they're doing it different. This is how they're thinking. We have to hide our identity. Make it seem like we're dealing with religion, right? The Roman Catholic Church. That's how they took down the Spanish, the so-called Spanish people. Mexicans. South America. They used this. See? So they, they couldn't come with the sword because we were apprehensive. That gave us cause to pause. So they came through politics. They came through religion now. See? Continue, brother. Verse 13. <clears throat> and he, he doeth great wonders. So that he make his fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. Now this is uh, this is the technology of America. That's nuclear capabilities. When you look over there in Iran, you see flames coming out of the sky because they're throwing bombs over there. That's what this is talking about. Continue, brother. Verse fourteen, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth. That they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Right. So we know that the image of the beast is started with Sejaborgia. That's where it started. And with that picture traveled the beast on the other waters. They used that picture. Right. Continue, brother. Verse 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. Read that again. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now Hollywood did this. How do they do this? Moving pictures. This is what they did. So now they would give you the image of the beast. They would show you on TV what your life should be. See? So you should want to, you know, the life that they show you on TV is what's a good life. That's the image of the beast. Because it's unobtainable. You can't obtain what's on TV. It's not real. But they want you to waste your life chasing what you see on TV. Because they know you'll never get it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Right. So you have Hollywood's perception of what you should be. That's what this is. Continue, brother. Verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. So it don't matter if you're in jail, if you're free, if you're rich or you're poor, if you're a kid or if you're an adult, you're going to have to receive this mark. If you, 
You want to follow the laws of the land? Read that again, brother. Verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. See? So this is that RFID chip. When you look at that word in the Hebrew, matter of fact, we're going to show you that word mark. Because some people will claim that it's not the RFID chip. When you look at that word mark in the Hebrew, excuse me, Revelations 13 and 16, the word mark is karagma. That's G5480 in the Greek. And the definition is a stamp, an imprinted mark. It says a scratch or etching. See, it's a scratch or etching, a prick in the skin. This is something going beneath your skin. That's what this mark is. Where you will not be... In, look at it. It says, as a badge of servitude. Mm. See? This is your allegiance to Satan. And the government will have you just believe it's, it's, it's just commerce. It's just how you're going to buy your stuff. That's how you're just going to pay your bills. No, that's not it. This mark is a badge or stamp of servitude for Satan. So either you're going to serve Satan or you're going to serve the Most High. Because they'll never tell you that this, you know, have anything to do with the devil or Satan. They're going to just tell you about the benefits of it. They'll never tell you that there's something more sinister there. They're just going to change it over just like how debit cards. How At one time, when our parents were young, there was no such thing as a credit card. See, so they just switched it over quickly. Now it's on Bitcoin. And they're going to keep changing and they're doing it in order to get you used to just not spending regular money. That means you'll be more acceptable to receive this. An etching of the skin. This is the mark that come with that fourth beast. Let's go to Revelation 16 and 2. Well, actually, what scripture you left off on? 17, brother? I just finished 17. Yes. Okay, yeah. Read 16, 17, and 18, brother. Verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, Rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Right, so that's six six six. So will it say six 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 on it? No, of course not. Because <laughs> You would be alarmed. It's probably going to be an 18-digit number, like your credit card number, like a serial number that will be attached to this, this mark. And we're going to show you what's going to transpire if you receive this mark. Because what you don't know is that this mark that's the size of a grain of rice and RFID chip is powered by your bloodstream. That's how it's powered. You know that's something from Satan. Something that's powered through your blood. It's a poison into your blood. We're going to prove it. Go to Revelation 16 and 2. We've got a few more passages and we're going to close it out. Revelation 16 verse 2. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast. And upon them which worshipped his image. See, so those who got that mark would break out with a sore. They would break out with a sore right around in that same area. So when you see that, you knew. Read that one more time, brother. 
Verse 2. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast. And upon them which worshipped his image. See, so this is a part of worship. If you receive this, you're worshipping Satan. There is no way around it. Even if you just said, no, nah, well, I was just trying to uh, pay my bills and get my medication. I really need my medication. I couldn't get my medication unless I got it. No, no. You just made an allegiance with Satan because you're supposed to you're supposed to put your faith in God and know that he's going to provide whatever it is that you need. And not worship Satan for finances or to pay your bills or to get your, you know, whatever. You got to know. If they give you, if they come to you and say you won't be able to buy or sell without this, you know automatically that's the mark of the beast. They're going to start with your jobs. Your job's going to say, hey, look, man, we don't want to force you, but we got to let you go, man, because we can only pay you through this. So there's no other way for us to pay you if you don't have it. See? That's how they're going to come. That's how they're going to come. They're going to come to your job and say, hey, man, you know, it's been about six months and we noticed you haven't got it. But, you know, the law says that, you know, we got to do this. So if you if you don't receive it, then we would have to let you go and get somebody so we can actually pay. Them. This is how they're going to come. And you better let it go and have faith in the most high. Feed the most high will feed you. Grow some of your own foods. Right? Can you do that? Number one, you're going to have to be out of here, out of America, because you can't even own anything in America. You got GMOs here in America. You have Monsanto seeds, which is a seed that it only yields fruit for a certain amount of seasons, and it kills all the wheat, the, the crops around it. It's a seed from Satan. It's called a Monsanto seed. See? So it'll only yield its fruit maybe two or three times in order for you to have to come back. We know that if you have a seed, It'll grow an apple, and then that apple will have a seed. And then that apple will have a seed, and it continues to grow forever. This one don't do that. Check that out. Monsanto seeds. It's a tool from Satan to control everything. Control how you eat, how you pay, how you do anything. This is what he wants to control. This is that mark of Satan, brothers and sisters. This is that mark of that fourth beast that came with Rome. Let's go to Revelation 14. We're going to read 7 through 11. To show you what happens if you get this mark. Revelations 14 verse 7. Saying with a loud voice. Fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven. And earth and the sea. And the fountains of water. And there followed another angel saying. Babylon is fallen. Is fallen. That great city. Because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Remember that wine? See? So she's going to be judged for that wine. Continue, brother. Verse 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image. Read that again. If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in their forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and with brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. See, and that's crystal clear. So there is no way around that. I had a sister tell me years ago, well, you telling me I can't feed my kids? You telling me God, you know, he ain't going to understand because I got to feed my kids. And I'm like, sis, 
Read that scripture again, brother. Verse 10. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. See, you will be punished for this if you do this. If you can't just have faith in the Most High, you'd rather die before you get this mark because there's no way that you make it into the kingdom with this mark. You will burn forever. I'd rather just, if I could just die, I'd rather just die than to receive this and be tormented for eternity. So who are going to do it? And we know some people, listen, just come back here, get a shot and you. Nobody know, you know, just come back here. See, they call you down from your job. Hey, come on. Hey, you, uh, sister, uh, you want to come on down to the, um, to floor G? And, uh, we just wanted to show you something real quick. See, you get down there. They're like, yeah, so just get this shot up and you go back to work. You're good. Don't nobody know about this. See, and it's going to be people doing it too. I'll get a shot. I mean, you want nobody know. See? You're going to you're going to feel the wrath of the most high God if you receive this mark. So that's why they push the prosperity doctrine at churches, which is you should be blessed. God not with you if you don't have a lot of money. See, because they knew that this would be coming behind it. See, if you chasing that dollar, you would get this mark. See, and this is why they also push follow the laws of the land, because this is going to be the law of the land. See, this is going to be the law of the land. So if you believe that, you're going to hell. You're going directly to hell because the Bible said if you receive this mark. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 10. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with the fire and brimstone in the presence of holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. They have no rest day or night. There will be no rest if you receive this mark. No rest. At all. Ever. See? So don't be tricked into serving Satan thinking you're just trying to Pay your bills or it's just cool. Yeah, man. You know, it's this the cool way. Don't let some rappers start rapping about this and you think it's it's you think that it's stylish, it's fashionable now, because you're gonna go to hell behind what that rapper said. Don't let them show you a commercial on it's convenient. You know, if you if your, your your grandfather may have Alzheimer's, right? And he may wander off and you may want to find him, right? See, so we can track him through this. See, this is what they're going to do. They're going to make it convenient, brothers and sisters. They will make this convenient. Let us show you. Go to Colossians 2 and 18. We have three more scriptures. We're going to close it out. Because some people won't think that this is worship. But the Bible said if you get the mark, that's part of worshiping the beast. Even though you're viewing it as something else, that is a badge of servitude. That's an allegiance that you just made. That you cannot take back. Colossians 2 verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Intruding into those things which he had not seen. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. See, voluntary humility of worshiping of angels. Don't worship Satan. Don't receive that beast for finances. 
A lot of these brothers got 200 million in their bank account going to wake up one morning and it's going to be gone. It's going to be here in gigabyte land. Listen, Jay. Listen, Jay Hover. Listen, man. We got your money. We got the whole 200 million. In fact, once you switch it over, we're going to give you 20% more of that. So whatever you have in your bank account, we're going to double that by 20%. Just come on down. Get this mark. <laughs> See? Yeah, well, you're not going to be able to get your taxes back because if you don't get this mark, then we got to keep your taxes. See? This is where they're going with it. This is where they are going. Let's go to Matthew 6.25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew 6 and 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? See, so the Most High knew that there would be a mark that would restrict these things. You being able to buy the foods that you want and wear the clothes that you would want. So he said, don't even worry about that. Focus on me and I'll take care of you. Don't look at that. Look at me. Read it again, brother. Verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth, feedeth them. Are ye, are ye not more better than they? See? So where do the birds work at? How are they eating every day? See? So that's what he's saying. Don't worry about that. <clears throat> Just follow me and I'm going to take care of you. So we got to keep that. Number one, we got to have the most high's name. So when something do transpire, we often call on the same God's name and fast together. See? So don't let Satan use you and trick you, beguile you of your reward in heaven. Because you want some money or you're hooked on some drugs that you can't buy unless you get this mark. See, who you think not going to get that mark and they addicted to uh, pain pills or whatever people are addicted to and you can't pay for it. See, Satan is very tricky. He's very cunning. It's not going to be easy, brothers and sisters. They're going to find out exactly what it is that you want and use that against you. Let's go to Psalms 119 and 160, and then we'll end it on Psalms 19 and 7. The validity of the Bible. Because, see, my question is this. If you don't believe in the Bible, then will you get the mark then? <laughs> right? Because why wouldn't you get the mark if you don't believe in the Bible? <laughs> see, and I need to know. If you're going to get that mark, then we just need to sever this right here. See? And that's what I ask those Israelites who don't believe in the New Testament. If you don't believe in the New Testament, will you get the mark? <laughs> See? That's why we can't just deal with Israelites or whoever. If you're not dealing with the New Testament, that means you're going to get the mark. Because why would you not? Psalms 119 and 160. Psalms 119 verse 160. Thy word is true from the beginning. Read that again. 
Thy word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. See, the entirety of this book is legitimate. It's authentic. It's authentic. The authenticity cannot be questioned. There's world history in the book that we just proved as prophecies. Now, when you actually get a chance, take those dates that you have. Look up those names of those generals and see if that actually transpired. Go see if Alexander the Greek had the leper. And then you would know. That this book is true without any shadow of a doubt. Without any shadow of a doubt. Because everybody knows that there's prophecies in the Bible that have come true and that's still coming true. I've never heard a person say, yeah, the prophecies in that Quran. Yeah. Never heard of it. See, and when you bring this out, there's nowhere for them to run. It's truly nowhere for them to run. Because you can't deny history. You cannot deny history. Let's let's close it off in Psalms one nine. Uh, excuse me, Psalms nineteen and seven. Psalms nineteen verse seven. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Right, the law. The Most High's word is perfect. Now, today we went into indisputable, irrefutable validation of the legitimacy of this record. We gave you world history that can be proven through secular history. See? So, if you do come across somebody philosophical who think that they want to question the Bible, you have it right here in your hand. You have it right here. Because this cannot be denied. We want to say we love you, brothers and sisters. Kwam Yashallah. Kwam Yashallah. And sin no more.
Gathering is 